Angus Beef Bulletin Extra Audio, the cattleman's resource for relevant industry insight on the go. Brought to you straight from the Angus Beef Bulletin Extra, you now have the opportunity to stay up to date on the latest news and information related to cattle producers, whether you're in the field, on the go, or finally back at home. So let's dive in. Welcome to Angus Beef Bulletin Audio. I'm Lindsay McAnally, and today I'm excited to share some standout stories with you from the latest edition of the Angus Beef Bulletin Extra. To begin the episode, here is a story over a recent Angus University session. Panelist talk capturing value during Angus Convention. An Angus University session on marketing cattle brings together commercial cattlemen, seed stock producers, and industry representatives by Sarah Coker, American Angus Association. It's easy to get stuck in the mindset of, well, that's always how we've done it. Fortunately, change and innovation run aplenty in the cattle business. In November, the 2023 Angus Convention's educational program highlighted innovations in the beef industry and gave producers a chance to talk about challenges and opportunities they see in the future. One session, the Capturing Value panel, discussed marketing strategies for commercial cattlemen while building relationships between seed stock producers and their commercial customers. Four uniquely qualified panelists, Travis Mitchell with Clemson University's Cooperative Extension Service, South Carolina Cattlemen's Association and Mitchell Farms, Lydia Yawn of Yawn Family Farms, Tracy Woods, 44 Farms, and Doug Stanton, IMI Global, Encourage producers to take advantage of value-added programs and to stay informed about industry trends and opportunities. They represented a variety of experiences and marketing strategies, having worked with producers from across the United States, whether selling at local livestock auctions or large video sales, and of varied herd sizes. What I've noticed over my extension career is commercial cattlemen do a great job of raising cattle, Mitchell said. They do a great job of taking care of calves, weaning, vaccinations, spending their money on the right genetics, but they lack some times in making sure they're marketing those cattle. As a commercial cattle producer, take responsibility in marketing your cattle and reach out and use these resources that are available to you, he told the audience. On the panel, Stanton talked about the types of verification services IMI Global provides and what those resources can do within the current cattle market. We've seen record prices and really good prices on the calves and the yearlings compared to a year ago, he said. We expect that to continue for the next two to three years. We have been a little pleasantly surprised by the fact that premiums in the marketplace have been at or above the base price of what they were over the last couple of years. IMI Global is an agricultural and food verification and certification company. Stanton helps manage beef verification programs like Age and Source, Angus Link value-added programs, NHTC, or non-hormone-treated cattle, claims, and others. Third-party verification is essential for validation of whatever trait it is, he said, adding that higher calf prices present an opportunity to try some of these programs. You have a little more money in your pocket, and it's a good time to try value-added programs because we feel like the premiums are still going to be there in the marketplace. Many producers are already doing the work needed to qualify for programs, 
and getting paid for added value in their cattle is one way to be recognized, Wood said. A lot of people don't want to be at the top of the totem pole, if you will, but they want to get some recognition for the good things that they're doing. Woods works as the chief genetics officer for 44 Farms of Cameron, Texas. In that role, he helps build supply chains, which focus on meeting consumers' demands for high-quality meat. For the process-verified programs IMI Global offers, completing an application is the first step to enrolling cattle, said Stanton. Probably the most popular way that our customers participate in these value-added programs is through the video sales. From a seed stock perspective, Woods and Jan talked about how they try to help their customers find success marketing their cattle. About half of the panel session audience self-identified as seed stock producers. We definitely are data-driven, but we also try to be very tuned in to what our customers need from us and what we need to do to help facilitate them being profitable, Jan said. Jan Family Farms, based near Ridge Spring, South Carolina, hosts two sales a year, selling around 450 bulls annually. She said herd sizes in the southeast present a challenge, trying to stay competitive even when producers are not able to sell cattle as load lots on their own. I'm going to be the first person to tell you I'm not an expert on GAP, or Global Animal Partnership Certification, Jan said. I'm not an expert on what it requires to be NHTC or all-natural. I understand the concepts. I follow the programs, but I can't go to somebody's farm and say, you need to do this. But what I can provide is an opportunity for them to come and learn from the experts. Jan and Mitchell worked together to do this, being in the same county, Saluda County, South Carolina. Mitchell provides presentations for local producers to discuss marketing options that they have and how to make the most of the value they have created. With Extension, I'm in the relationship business, he said. I serve a lot of time throughout the day and the week of being a liaison between seed stock producers and the commercial cattlemen or between the commercial cattlemen and the verification agency, however that might look. For over 10 years, Mitchell has helped organize sales at his local livestock auction twice annually for producers working together to make uniform load lots. This is done in coordination with his county's cattlemen's association. They're doing a good job of going out, making the right genetic selections, and we want to make sure they're getting paid for that, Mitchell said. Additionally, they have implemented uniform vaccination protocols and GAP certifications for cattle included in the sales. The most important thing when we talk about relationships is how we develop relationships with the folks that are buying our cattle, and we're seeing results from the success of those cattle that are going out and being fed, he said, and I think that's what it's all about. With some of these sellers using genetics from Yon Family Farms, Yon shared the results she has seen for their customers. They might have had only two or three people bidding on their calves competitively when they sold them, Yon said. Now that they can have those tags and value-added programs on their lots when they sell them, they might have five or six people bidding, and you know what that does. Mitchell estimates 25% of the producers involved in the sales are able to receive carcass data back from buyers, and that percentage has been growing. Woods was also asked about the effect of carcass data during the panel and shared what it does for producers wanting to capture more value. The buyback program and their prime intelligence program makes 44 farms uncommon in the amount of data they return to cow-calf producers after processing and the total amount of data they manage. I think 90% of the people that we give the carcass data back to, really, they want to make it better for both parties, Wood says. They obviously want to wean more weight, they want you to buy a heavier calf, but they want an end product that everybody is going to want, and that's certified Angus beef. 
Audience members were able to ask more specific questions related to their individual operations and marketing strategies during the session. For more stories from the 2023 Angus Convention, visit www.angus.org and view news and announcements. Editor's note, Sarah Coker is a communications specialist for the American Angus Association. Next up, rebuilding water infrastructure during drought. Low water levels offer opportunities to make improvements by Erica Lundy-Wolfolk, Iowa State University. While limited water presents significant challenges for livestock producers during drought, low water levels do offer an opportunity to make improvements in infrastructure to capitalize on future precipitation. Implementing effective water management strategies ensures productivity and the health of the cow herd. Over time, cattle traffic in and out of the pond can hinder dam integrity and result in shallow water at access points. While water levels are low, consider cleaning out the ponds and restoring to a desirable slope of 3 to 1. For every 3 feet in horizontal depth, there should be 1 foot in rise to reduce growth of unwanted vegetation along the shorelines, including cattails. Low levels also allow for giving attention to drain and overflow pipes, fixing any leaks in the dam, as well as renovating the dam to maintain or improve integrity. This includes removing unwanted trees and undesirable wildlife. Care should be given to not disturb the clay lining. If properly managed, vegetation around the water source aids in precipitation infiltration, allowing for forage utilization and travel to the water storage basin. In addition, vegetation allows for reduced erosion, preserving water quality by not adding extra sediments to the pond. While it's too late to focus on forage recovery for this year, prioritize fostering vegetation growth around the pond next spring. Options include allowing rest and interceding a cool season annual forage. Having forage up to the side of the pond can also provide some shade and ultimately insulate water and reduce evaporation. Water quality is already a concern during drought as nutrients and sediments are concentrated when water levels are reduced. Unlimited access to poor cattle allows for further degradation of water quality. Fencing off around the pond or streams can help protect water quality and reduce erosion. At least a 50-foot wide buffer is suggested, but up to 100 feet may be ideal for steeper slopes. In addition to fencing off the pond, adding a stock tank below can prove beneficial. Previous research documented almost a 10% increase in weight gain of nursing calves when pairs drank from a water tank compared to directly from the pond. While pumping into a tank didn't significantly improve water quality, the aeration appeared to help with water intake and palatability. Plan to have 3 inches of linear water space per pair and adequate water pressure to refill the stock tank in a timely manner. Many climate reports are not optimistic for rainfall in the 2024 growing season. If the drought-stricken ponds from 2023 face additional shortages of precipitation, the need for water infrastructure improvements will be emphasized, particularly for those forced to haul water. While high calf prices this year and the current state of ponds in the pasture, the prospect of laying pipe and connecting to rural water sources is worth exploring. Water is the most critical nutrient for all livestock, and having a reliable source is essential to production. Editor's note, Erica Lundy-Wolfolk is an Iowa State University Extension and Outreach Beef Specialist. This article was originally published in the November issue of the Iowa Forage and Grassland Council's The Forager. And on to many reasons for open cows. 
Diseases to Test for When Cows Come in Open by Heather Smith-Thomas. Producers and veterinarians in some regions are seeing more open cows than usual this fall. Dave Bars, Northwest Veterinarian Supply of Parkston, South Dakota, says some of the reason is nutritional and some may be due to diseases. We've been running diagnostics on a lot of open cows here and I'm finding some Neospora, a protozoal parasite, he says. Here in eastern South Dakota, farmers have silage piles, hay piles, etc., and the raccoons and other animals eat on those and shed the protozoa. He notes that in his area, coyote populations are up, and they can also spread Neospora. In pastures with coyote dens, he found at least 10% more open cows, and the cows test positive for Neospora. The canine or scavenger animal is part of the life cycle of this parasite, shedding protozoa and feces to contaminate feed and pasture, which are then ingested by the grazing animal. Hemorrhagic disease in deer is another regional problem. This is caused by a virus. Bars says there are areas where the deer population is depleted due to this virus. On blood tests for some of the open cows, we're finding the virus, and this may be why they are open, he says. If cows have antibodies to this virus, this means they've been exposed. Bovine viral diarrhea, or BVD, is sometimes a factor in poor reproduction as well. Bars explains that we can test for most of these diseases. Iowa State University does test for the deer disease, and today there are some autogenous vaccines made for it. Some producers are starting to use these vaccines. This summer, there was an outbreak of anaplasmosis in South Dakota. It's become common here because we're no longer isolated, Barr says. This disease can travel thousands of miles with carrier cows or in ticks on cows coming from regions where this disease is endemic. In our area, there are a lot of what we call flip cows. We buy a pregnant cow, calve her out, and then flip her, sell her to someone else, or take her to the sale. With drought in the south, a lot of southern cows move up here, he says. A few years ago, Bars recalls thinking that they didn't have anaplasmosis in the state, but it was already there. This disease in early stages can be controlled with proper treatment, but there may be some chronic infections that catch people by surprise, he says. It used to be Leptospira harjo bovis that was causing abortions. There are now vaccines for this, but it's a hard one to diagnose and is carried in deer. Some of the places we had problems were areas with dugouts, and the deer were coming in to drink and urinating in the water, says Bars. I work with a feedlot owner who sells cattle to a feedlot in Nebraska, where they are starting to see lepto problems coming back and now request that we use a five-way lepto vaccine, he says. This disease is still important. We thought we'd resolved it by vaccinating, but it's still there. These diseases seem to go in cycles. Most abortions go undiagnosed. If cattle are in big pastures, you might not see it. With an early pregnancy loss, there's nothing to see. Those cows just come up open at preg check time. If you have a fetus or a blood sample from the cow, it makes a difference when you send it. All diagnostic labs are not equal, Barr says. 40 or 50 years ago, if you wanted an IBR, or infectious bovine rhinotracheitis diagnosis for abortions, you sent the samples to SDSU, South Dakota State University, because the pathologist there was a specialist. Today, some of the BVD samples are at SDSU, but if you want a diagnosis for Neospora, you send it to the Iowa State University lab. Producers who are seeing unusual things or more open cows need to work with their veterinarian who might be able to determine the cause or point them towards someone who can. Diagnostic capabilities keep improving. 
With the test we have now, we can pick up the proteins from a virus in a fetus or a blood sample. The lab doesn't have to grow it, he explains. Diagnosis is easier and better. The pathogen can be found, and this takes the guesswork out of it. With an accurate diagnosis, the veterinarian and producer can make a plan to try to reduce problems instead of shooting in the dark with a shotgun approach. Editor's note, Heather Smith-Thomas is a freelance writer and cattlewoman from Salmon, Idaho. And finally, Credit End meets with CAB value add. Chuck and Round Primals increasingly add value to the beef carcass by Paul Dykstra, Certified Angus Beef. We focused on fourth quarter middle meat demands as a beef price driver in the last edition of the CAB Insider. This is certainly the case in the current data as rib and tenderloins are pricing near their annual highs. However, a look at annual price trends across the beef carcass shows increasing contributions to certified Angus beef brand premiums from both ends of the carcass. The chart shown on the webpage shows widening price spreads between select choice and CAB end meats as they are summarized by total value per hundredweight in both the chuck and round primals. The cutout values represented by the bars in figure one show both this USDA choice and CAB values for the chuck and round primals in relation to USDA select. Notice that in 2018 and 2019, the choice premium versus select is virtually indiscernible, well below the dollar per hundred weight for both choice chuck and round items for each of those years. In 2020, the choice round value began to build a premium to select with a $2.50 per hundred weight value that would increase in the following two years. Despite this, the choice chuck price somehow notched a $3.51 per hundredweight discount to select in 2020 before correcting and building rapidly into 2023. One of the unique attributes about the CAB brand is the fact that value creation through premium attributes and branding is not isolated to the middle meat steaks and roast. Indeed, both the CAB rib and loin primals carry a larger price premium than the chuck and round. However, the higher trending premiums derived from the less famous end meats are to be credited with a good portion of the increasing total carcass cutout premium that CAB brand carcasses command today. Comprising 29.6% and 22.3% of total carcass weight, respectively, the chuck and rounds are the heaviest primals, following closely by the loin at 21.3%. This means that while the premium per pound is much smaller for the end meat primals, total dollars per carcass are not insignificant. The chuck weighing more than the round and commanding a higher premium per pound wins the day, generating a $33.99 premium per head over choice and a $48.32 per head over select so far in 2023. CAB round primal cutout premiums are not quite as attractive, but still increasingly adding value where the USDA choice has, until most recently, struggled to find any price differentiations from select. In 2023, the total carcass premium contribution from the CAB round has been $15.44 per head versus choice and $20.44 per head above select. This year, cuts from the round have pulled back slightly in value in proportion to total carcass value. The pullback is only to the degree of half of a percentage point, yet the lighter demand also set the CAB round premium contribution slightly lower than a year ago. 
However, the CAB Chuck Premium is at its largest ever at $13.05 per hundredweight versus choice. Editor's note, Paul Dykstra is the Director of Supply Management and Analysis for Certified Angus Beef. This article was first published in the CAB Insider. You can subscribe to the CAB Insider at cabcattle.com forward slash newsroom forward slash CAB dash insider. Listeners, as always, thanks for joining us for this edition of the Angus Beef Bulletin Extra Audio. To access the full slate of stories from our latest Angus Beef Bulletin Extra, or to sign up as a subscriber, please check out the link in our show notes. If you have any questions or comments, let us know at abbeditorial at angus.org. And we would appreciate it if you would leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and share this episode with any other cattlemen on the go. Thanks for listening. This has been Angus Beef Bulletin Extra Audio.